met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight, we are joined by one of our incredible returning guests. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host and creator of Curiosis, Animus, Scott. Now there's Scott, mate. Doing well. How are you doing, General? Uh, I'm good, thanks, pal. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me back. Oh, it's been too long. It's been too long, mate, but uh, we're here, and that, that's what's most important, isn't it? Yes, sir. So, uh, what have you been up to, mate? Well, um, I've been uh, just bouncing around. I've been pod hopping a little bit still. And, oh, uh, nice. Trying to find time in between uh, home life and my responsibilities to continue doing research and um, look into things that entertain me and, and keep me critically thinking and uh, sharp. Yeah, I love I that, mate. It's like... You've got to get that right balance out. You know, it's uh, it's easier said than done. Yeah, I, I mean, what eventually uh, TV and radio really loses its luster. Even well-produced movies just don't hold my attention anymore. So reading's great, but uh, trying to to find new and interesting stuff that isn't just regurgitated for the screen is is hard to do. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. I get you, mate. I get you. Um, I mean, with regards to TV and film, I think I've always been, I'm, I'm a horror. I'm a horror head. I, I always have been since being a kid. I, I love horror films. Uh, more, I like sci-fi films now. Some of them, not all of them. Uh, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of shit out there. But I like uh, more like art house kind of horror, like, um, like underground. It's not like mainstream. I just think that they've got... Um, more balls to them, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, I, I'm guessing that you're not into just plain Jane, like slasher flicks, like a Scream or. Uh, uh, I don't, you know. Mask is a classic, yeah. Um, I, mm. Actually, have you seen the? It's like uh, I think it came out this year. The Texas Chainsaw on Netflix, the new one. I actually thought that was half decent. I haven't seen I it. Have, have you not seen it? It's worth a watch, that mate. Worth the watch. The last one uh, I saw had uh, oh geez, I don't remember her name. It came out in the two thousands. It was the first real good uh, redo, and uh, it it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, watching a, a little bit of the special features that talked about how just a regular chainsaw sound wasn't going to cut it, so they did editing and they added uh, bear a tiger and uh, I think a lion into the roar as well. 
have that chainsaw. So, you know, that's really fucking hell. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's nice pretty one. interesting because, uh, you know, I mean, sound and frequency uh, affect us on a lot of ways that we don't really uh, think about cognitively. And so just having that in there, it'll it'll speak to some primal part of you. And yeah, uh, yeah I get that, mate. Yeah. Uh, I think with regards to like sound and frequency, it plays a huge part in, in everyday life. I don't think people realize. I mean, you've got like uh, people talking about certain um, high-tech weaponry, which is involved like frequencies. Uh, mm. Maybe that's what they're using to do, you know, cattle mutilations. I, I don't know. Uh, but that butt-sucking technology has come from somewhere. I can't see yeah. humans um, wanting any interest in butt-sucking, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> There's a lot of sick fucks out there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's there. There are plenty of people who who get off on pain and suffering, which yeah, is, is uh, it's a, it's an unfortunate duality of the place that we're living in. You know, like uh, yeah. for everybody who's out there feeding the homeless and washing lepers' feet, there's somebody out there spitting in the eyes of orphans and doing worse. So, yeah, yeah it's it's, it's uh, super unfortunate. Yeah, I think. I mean, I wouldn't change. I won't change my life for for anything at the minute. Uh, I'm very lucky to to have what I've got. You know, I've not got a lot, but I'm grateful for what I have got. You know, I've met some incredible people. I'm talking to you now. Uh, it means something, mate. I agree, it means and it's. Um, it's powerful to to have that appreciation instead of looking at your life through the eyes of wanting, you know, like I don't have or or someone yeah. else is in a better yeah. position, you know. Um, yeah, it's powerful to because I mean, you you can change your mind, you can change your whole outlook on life. There are people who are filthy rich and fucking miserable, and uh, so money can buy things, but it doesn't necessarily buy happiness. Or certainly oh. not contentment. Uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, though, that like appreciation. I mean, we've brought up, we didn't have much growing up. But like now, it's completely different now. People back then, not many people have money, but now more people have got money. But like you're saying, are they happy? I highly doubt they are, but each to their own, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, some people, we all, we all love to play our own different games. And some people, you know, the game they like to play is 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 chasing the dollar. Um, so when you're, yeah. you know, spending your life doing that, like my dad, uh, he, he recently retired and he, had a, he was a landlord and he, he came from a family that didn't have very much money at all. And he, he, busted his ass his whole life really like doing all of his own maintenance and stuff trying to pinch yeah. pennies everywhere he could and he loved it you say he was a landlord mate he was yeah what was mm -hmm. that is that like a pub landlord for like a, a bar or something no he just uh he owned uh apartment buildings that he, he purchased oh, nice. and uh he he'd buy them in bad shape and fix them up you know and as such i learned how to plumb i learned how to do electricity drywall 
um, oh, nice flooring, general carpentry. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's I got out of school and then he, you know, I'd go straight to work. And it was just a part of how it was. And uh, I'm grateful for it, for the opportunity to learn so much because as a homeowner now, um, I don't have to pick up a phone and call a plumber or an electrician most of the time unless it comes to dealing with the breaker box. I get a little shy around the, the high voltage stuff, but uh, yeah, much otherwise, you, you much. yeah, yeah, doing doing stuff on your own and and having the um, the the confidence to to tackle your own problems is is has been a blessing for me and i I'm oh, very appreciative awesome. for it yeah i mean like like now you've got a, a lovely young family there as well uh, you're very lucky mate very lucky there's no, there's no better yeah. gift than a kid children are uh, they're incredible i mean I, yes, like, like my daughter she's just turned 16 and uh, oh mate i remember when she was a baby like it was yesterday um, it flies by. Yeah, it does, mate. It does. They grow up so fast. My wife has a, a 19-year-old from a previous relationship, but I raised her since she was about six as the, oh, as the dad. And, Brilliant. Yes. So the teenage years, can I, I can appreciate uh, any struggles you might be going through with that because humans go from children to young adults, and then you know they're, we're, we're all trying to find our way and go through a nat you know, natural progression of things you know something mate, a couple of years ago uh she might have been a bit a bit um uh, teenage-ish her quotes but i i never really had a problem with her she's different with her mum she's completely different than she is with me because i'm i'm like i'm proper laid back but she knows like not to push on certain things but uh yeah i've never had any problems with her she's uh She's brilliant. That's glorious. She's my world. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm, a bit, I'm very lucky in that way. Yes, sir, you are. That's uh, that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, you know, uh, I was the 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 dumb dickhead stepdad, and you know, I don't know anything and all that. So it's you know, it's, it's typical from uh, kids that come from broken homes. I can appreciate it. I went through a broken home thing myself, so I don't hold anything against her at all. Um, yeah, anyway. yeah. Oh, well, you know, we, uh, I was a bit of a knucklehead when I was young too. And, and sometimes we have to bump our heads a few times, you know, and <laughs> yeah, me figure too, it mate. out. So I, so can't, I can't just sit around and wag a finger. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been uh, into lately, mate? So, uh, I've had this notion for a while. And it came from that, that school that my parents had me in, Rantha School of Enlightenment out in Western Washington back in the 80s. Uh, the, the idea was suggested that the human brain isn't necessarily uh, a generator of consciousness, but a, a receiver of it. You know, it's very much the notion of we are not our bodies. Yeah. And, and so as such, the brain uh, conceptually doesn't, generate its own thought you can think things and you can reason stuff out absolutely but it's also based on your own history and experience so and learning but it like brand new thoughts uh oftentimes come from elsewhere 
in regards to creativity. Like you can't think of something that doesn't exist somewhere. It may not be necessarily in this dimension or reality. There's other ones out there. How many? I have no idea. But uh, when it comes to writers, oftentimes it seems that they are able to put pen to paper and come up with interesting concepts that sometimes seem to uh, come to fruition here in reality and I, it sometimes seems as though that's I, I mean not necessarily word for word but uh concepts happen um you know uh for example stephen king right he wrote a book called the stand and it's kind of a Stop. long book yeah have, have you read it i've not read it no i've heard about it though it's going to be a it's going to be a good one isn't it yeah they made a tv series out of it in the almost early 90s uh spoiler alert um so uh, a government laboratory is uh, making uh, viruses as, you know, wars, a uh, weapon of war. And they have a lab leak and it ends up killing off most of the globe. Yeah. And this is, uh, he wrote that book, I, I think, in the 80s. And, um, you know, and here we are. We, you know, at least they have said that it, it was a lab leak out of Wuhan. But more information comes out. It doesn't seem to necessarily be the case from where I'm sitting, not that I'm any kind of authority figure on it, but I digress. So if, <laughs> if the brain is a receiver, right? And, and you know, some people, you just can't seem to get certain ideas until you get to a place where you can understand them. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. in the conspiracy realm, like a lot of people say, no, that's just nonsense. You're making it up. You're, you know, you're buying bullshit. But you know, once you start to put enough things together, ideas will come. Uh, look at the hundredth monkey effect, right? Have you heard of that? The hundredth monkey effect? I don't know. What's that, mate? All right. So uh, I want to say it was in the 1960s, but the, the date's questionable. Um, there was a Japanese scientists who were studying these, these monkeys on islands, and they were feeding them sweet potatoes, right? And they would drop the potatoes in the sand and the monkeys would come up when they were feeding them, pick up the sweet potatoes and eat them. Right. And eventually one monkey started washing them off in the water before it would eat it. Uh, now, this little colony, it was just one on an island in a chain of islands and they were, they were feeding all these monkeys on different islands. What they had noticed was after around 100 monkeys on one island started all washing their sweet potatoes a completely separate colony on another island also started to wash it, right? They, right? Without any contact. So the notion is that as the the group consciousness or like a gestalt psychic ability that overlays all these different little monkey brains begins to pick it up, it expands and goes outward, you know? Yeah. Uh, like people are saying more and more people are waking up these days when a certain number of people start to, you know, get the picture other people somewhere else will also start to get the picture and it may not even be in the same language or country. So it's you know interesting. What, mate, right. It's you know, very interesting is that, do you think that sounds like similar to like a hive mind? Very much. But um, it, it's not necessarily that they're all thinking the same thing, but they're all capable of receiving the same frequencies, right? So the human brain has um, what seven different frequencies between alpha, theta, uh, delta, 
gamma, all these different brain rates that also happen to correspond with the Schumann resonance, right? And the Schumann resonance is uh, frequencies that cavitate between the Earth and the ionosphere, and it bounces around the whole planet. So, you know, if the brain has, is tuned into these things and enough of a signal is generated in one area, the Schumann resonance could probably carry that frequency to another area, and brains that are receptive to that kind of a thought could pick it up. That's pretty neat stuff to think about. This is uh, proper guess you're thinking on it, stuff like this. Why it is? Capabilities. I, uh, I think it's just innate in nature. I think it's something that, I mean, if monkeys can do it and, and we can do it as people, it's, it's probably pervasive in other areas too. Shit. Uh, so it was at this year I was reading an article that's saying that uh, octopi, you know, um, slipods in the ocean are starting to use tools. You can see videos of them using empty coconut husks to roll down hills. And um, I want to say that they were using uh, tools to crap, crack open mollusks as well, but I'm not sure about that. I don't, I could be mistaken. Well, the monkeys were using that. I, you know, wouldn't surprise me. Right. I, I think they, they were, I don't think they get, it's going to sound a bit daftless, but they, I don't think they get the recognition they deserve. No, well, they the, don't the, get the respect, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, I mean, just look at what they're capable of. Like some yeah, of them yeah. even understand sign, sign language, it's fucking crazy, mate. Exactly right, yeah, Coco the gorilla, right? Um <laughs> Oh, call the girl, yeah. <laughs> That's right, dude. She was able to do sign language, and she's just like, she's sad because humans are stupid and they kill the planet, you know? And she's, yeah, yeah. she's right, you know? Uh, oh, we, have you seen, yeah. uh, thank you, Scott. Have you seen, sorry to interrupt you, but have you seen that no, phone no. call? No, no. I did not see it, actually. It was oh, on my list, but it, I yeah. haven't gotten around to it. But uh, yeah, I'm not scared uh, of spoilers. Lay it out. Well, it's one of them. You've got to have to watch it. It's very slow, but it's got some parts in it that are um, you don't. It's it, it, it's a kind of film where it's like there's certain parts of it where it's like you don't forget about it. And there's a bit where there's um, it's like a show, and there's this monkey, and it loses it, and I think it ends up killing certain people on this. Like it's like a, a game show type thing. But there's a bit in it. It's got a monkey on it that like, loses it. But you hear you hear of that actually happening. People when they've got like pet gorillas and stuff and chimpanzees. And at the end of the day, they're a wild animal, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like tales where people have been like had off where they've like can attack some and they're strong as shit, aren't they? Gorillas and, and chimpanzees. Yeah, they're. They're genetic cousins, but as far as muscle density and stuff, they're we're we're, we're soft as um, butter, really, compared to them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like the orangutans hang with one arm and they weigh, you know, two, three. I'm just told. You know, <laughs> they, yeah. you know, when uh when Han Solo is talking about Chewbacca, saying, you know, well, droids don't pull people's arms out of their sockets and beat them to death with them. An orangutan could easily do that. Yeah, easily. 
easily you know so also you know we, they're they're in cages and uh it's living creatures being locked up like that is is not a natural environment uh, it's cruel it I, I think it's cruel it doesn't matter how uh how long they've spent there you know like a lion born in captivity and raised in ca captivity has never known hunting for his food or anything like that yeah, it's always yeah. been provided and everything but they still put a lock on the door you know what i mean yeah yeah so the potentialism. Why, why they're talking about uh, apes etc what's your take on the sasquatch uh i think i think that there's far too many people to have had encounters and experiences for it not to be something real um and and just because we haven't found bodies of it uh doesn't mean that it's not around they've got lots of footprints that they do castings on they've done they found tufts of fur if i remember right um yeah i think i've heard that as well so i don't I, I don't put anything past it. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I saw a map of here in the United States of where the majority of Sasquatch sightings occurs, and it's along mountain ranges and areas with cave systems. So like the Rocky Mountains, the Very Appalachian Mountains. That. Interesting. Yeah, it is, because it also yeah. correlates to another map where the more majority of people who go missing in national forests Oh, the yeah so i mean you know it's just because these people happen to go disappearing in the same areas as sasquatch doesn't necessarily mean sasquatch took them but it it's definitely a, something you know it yeah. points to yeah. it's in the conversation at least yeah yeah uh, have you have you ever seen anything or do you know anybody personally who's seen what they think might have been uh, sasquatch um not not that i'm aware of i used i've seen i've seen some weird shit in my day but um well, what, what's like the the strangest thing you think you've seen uh so when i was really riddle really little like um like two or three years old i used to see what looked like people but made out of like translucent tv static like uh kind of like predator but predator from the 80s but not quite as pronounced oh, and, and they'd be all over the place some of them would be like laying in telephone wires leaning up against a tree sitting on a bench walking around and uh i remember i, I talked to my dad about it at one time when we were riding in the car and i was looking up and out the window like like almost straight up and he he looked back at me and he said what are you looking at and i said the sky people one of them's following us and uh it apparently scared the shit out of him but he he played it really well because i don't remember him saying anything afterwards but he's like you're too little to be lying about something like that and folks may say it's you know my imagination and i suppose it could be because children don't really you know they, they they're in a constant theta state where they're under hypnosis right because you can't sit down and talk to a child and explain all the social cues of society. They pick things up all the time just by observe, observing. True. 
True that. And so if if you're in a theta wave state where it's the same as hypnosis, and you're doing that, you could talk to yourself and say that you see these things like kids have imaginary friends, you know, but then every once in a while you look online and you'll see somebody talking to their imaginary friend and all of a sudden like the cup on the table moves by itself. So Ooh, it's it's hard to say what's actually out there and what isn't since we can only perceive a very small section of the electromagnetic spectrum there there's shit yeah. all around us all the time but just because we can't pick it up doesn't mean it's not there and just because somebody uh, sees it doesn't mean that they're crazy either yeah yeah i mean i think for you for you to say something like that from, you must have got it from somewhere and if i remember rightly i don't remember anything on tv when we was kids, because we're roughly about the same age, aren't we? I don't remember uh, yeah. seeing anything. 40, yeah, 42. Oh, well, I'm 45, so yeah, I'm roughly the same age. I don't remember seeing anything back then when we was kids of that no. nature, whereas there was like a predator type. No, no. Uh, there are no so it's come from somewhere, mate, hasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, and then it happened again when I was like 19, uh, working construction, up in Seattle, uh, I was sleeping in uh, my bedroom. We had a whole crew yeah. and the company paid for a house. And uh, I didn't have a bedroom, so I slept in an upstairs living room and I you know, had yeah. my bed in a corner. And I woke up and I, and I look over, like something pulled me out of my sleep kinda. And uh, I look over and one of these like translucent things is standing there on the other side of the room. I was like six and a half, seven feet tall. And I gauged that because my my two best friends at the time were uh, six foot five and six foot eight. And um, I was a short dude in that case. But uh, it looked at me and, and I looked at it and I didn't feel afraid or anything. And I wasn't really sure what I was seeing. And I look at it and then it does an about face and it walks out of the wall on the second story outside wall. And uh yeah, so I was just I was just laid there for a minute, like uh, okay, well I guess I'll go back to sleep. Um, so, you, have you ever felt the feeling where like you know I know I'm being watched, like something being watched? Yes, I have, mate. You know, uh, and and for folks who haven't experienced that, where you feel like you know you're being watched, uh, if you're looking at someone of the opposite gender from afar, it's weird how often that they will look up and look you dead in the eye out of nowhere right like this connection yeah. of observation between entities or consciousness is what i suspect it is and uh and that's kind of what pulled me out and i i didn't feel afraid i didn't you know feel like there was danger around but uh it woke me up and and then it left and so just another one of those unanswered questions yeah, it can things like that can make you feel very uncomfortable, can't they? Especially when you're not sure what it is. Mm. I think I think yeah. that that's what 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 we what we don't understand. It's like almost like we end up fearing it because we don't understand what it is. But yeah, like you say, there's there's that much that we we can't see, so and it doesn't knows, help mate? having a like a neutral position on it when everything that's out there for us to consume says, you know, 
there's danger in the unknown you know like all the alien movies they're never like coming down to be like hey this is how you grow better crops and make clean air water like it's always about invasions and yeah you know it's never a friendly neighbor situation it's always yeah it's like, always portrayed you know, in, a, in a bad way and, and i think that, that's the problem yeah and so you know when when that becomes one of the thought patterns generate basically a little electrical highway in your brain so when you think one kind of thought frequently it becomes a well-worn path and so it becomes difficult to kind of get out of the rut like on the highway a lot of cars going in the same path tend to leave little dips in the road where the tires make contact and yeah you think of the brain doing the same thing so you got to bust out of that and uh, believe it or not, there have been studies that suggest uh, psychedelic mushrooms help cool down those hot spots and allow for more creative thoughts because you're you're getting out of the general thinking of the way your brain operates. Yeah, that's a real science. That's good shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So there's lots of them things. Um, you know, I got an uncle who has a. A uh, house that was, well, part of his house. He's had some additions, but the original three sections, the three st- story of the house, it's called the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost house. And it was a large room on the first floor. The second room was off, probably divided into two rooms generally. And then the third is basically a loft with a very narrow, narrow spiral staircase. And that thing's haunted as a motherfucker. But we, <laughs> He's seen like butt impressions in his chairs, like things will move. It's, you know, you can, you can feel it, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's heavy. They're not mad or anything, but there's, there's things in there for sure. I mean, I it think, was their house too. Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of, a lot of like, uh, hauntings, uh, quote, are, uh, they tend to be connecting with a lot like, a lot of old, but well, she's obviously it's going to be more older uh, things like houses that have been around for like say 19th century houses. I mean, we've got a lot of houses over here that are old, and mm. you like this place called Busey Old Lodge, and it's like you know, apparently somebody somebody hung themselves in there years ago and, and and there's also tales somebody was murdered in there and apparently there's a stick upstairs there's like a, a blood stain on, on the, the wooden floor and no matter how many times you clean it it'll come back the next day the blood stain back again so <laughs> you don't know do you no no it's yeah yeah the, the hauntings are very strange things because yeah, it's i don't know like i'm sure that there are agencies who have looked into some of this stuff but they just simply will not come out to the public about anything in that regards like um so i'm sure you've heard about bohemian grove right so oh yes i have actually yeah you know there's there's all these big uh big wig people who are out there doing a ritual to a giant owl statue so if the majority of, or not, not the majority, but if, but if there are enough people in high positions that are into the esoteric and the occult, there's a good chance that there's something to it, you know, 
that either benefits them or they benefit from the connection. Oh, definitely. You know, or else they wouldn't be doing it, you know? Yeah. So there's also a saying that uh, millionaires don't believe in astrology, but billionaires do. Yeah. Um, uh, it's for, for the mainstream to, to poo poo, as it were, all this stuff. Um, it, it only serves those who are knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it and are into it by reducing the amount of traffic in those, yeah. uh, those realms, you know what I mean? Or deals yeah. that can be made with other entities with people who are into that. Yeah. I think, I mean, especially lately, it's, I mean, it's society has gone crazy, but it just seems more and more people are uh, curious into like dark arts. Yeah, you, you'd think you'd want to start with light stuff first, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like, like that, was it? <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe, maybe because you know, if, if you're a normal person and you start looking at it and you get going into it, the you know, people who are putting crystals on their foreheads probably look a little weird, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 you know, and I whatever do you i'm not knocking anybody you know it's not my place to tell anybody how to live their lives but uh at the same time like drawing sigils and uh and making handshakes with uh entities or conscious or, or uh, intelligences that you can't see making deals and shaking hands doesn't sound prudent to me either um, no but it could I don't, be because I don't know enough. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. But I, I don't. A lot of these people don't know either. They just. Uh, I mean, who knows what what entities they're actually in communication with? Because they don't know. They they might think it's one entity, and it could be something completely different. Yeah, and if you don't have the, um, the experience, experience and the knowledge, and the knowledge yeah, yeah. yeah, to back it up, like shit, dude, you. You know, it's like a gun, right? Uh, what you know, a gun in the hands of a lawman versus the hands of a criminal. You know, yeah, it can be used for good, can be used for bad, and if you don't know anything about it, a terrible accident could occur. So that's true. Do you? Uh, a bit off topic, but do you? Uh, do you want a gun, Scott? Yeah, I own several. And oh, uh, do you? Nice one, mate. What kind have you got? Oh, I, I've got a few. I've got some, a couple of nine millimeter pistols. I've got some oh, 44 nice. Magnums, um, uh, AR style rifles. Um, oh. I've got a, I got a FAL <laughs> clone. Yeah, I've got, I've got a few. FAL uh, clone, what's that? It's a, so like the, uh, uh, it's a DSA SA 58. It's a carbine version of the FAL, which, uh, was the, well, they called it the right arm of the free world because while the United States went for the M1A, which is uh, 308, the rest of the world went to the FAL, which was uh, manufactured out of Belgium, or at least that's where the patent came from. Ah, right. Anyway, it was a service rifle before the, um, was it the L85A1 that the 
where British Army uses now, that bullpup in 5.56. Five, I don't know, mate. You're losing me with all these. You just that uh, many different guns now. Oh, well, you know, the, the thing, same thing would happen to me with a car guy. Like, I, I don't know. I know my Jeep, that's about it. But <laughs> I, I do like firearms. I was a, I was in the Army for just under six years as a small arms and artillery repairer. So it's... Yeah, um, brilliant, mate. Um, one of my passions. Do you, do you go hunting or, or is it just for, like, uh, for your own personal? You uh, just for, for hobby at this point, really. Hobby. Uh, I'd like to hunt, but... Um, with the three kids, it's hard to oh, I can uh, imagine, get out and whatnot. But uh, as far as the discipline, uh, marksmanship is fantastic. And you know, being in England, uh, I don't, I don't know if you'd be up for it, but I'd suggest you get into archery because it's, it's just as good as far as, um, as a focus and discipline. Truly, yeah, we have a shooting range on the side of town. For, like bullet gun uh, you can't take your own guns not that i've got one but they actually you can use their guns for you know like um like two two room fires like uh ruger 10 22 or something like that or like 308 <laughs> good place yeah, to start Ru- man 22. yeah rugers are uh rugers are cracking good i'm glad to hear that they're uh popular internationally too because i i've got two of them and they're fantastic little rifles oh you've got two rugers i do i've got two ruger oh, 10, nice, mate. yeah they're nice i've also got a ruger, ruger american rimfire bolt gun which is oh, uh, pretty accurate little thing <laughs> back oh, when i was single lot, and had you? money to burn yeah do you know something right it's surprising like it i'm talking maybe about 10 years ago so i bought um, an air rifle now <clears throat> Uh, they've got to be under a certain pressure for it not to be classed as a firearm. I think it's changed recently, but you, you should be able to like modify your your, your air rifle. You could put a spring um, at, the, at the back, you know, where the trigger is, and it would make the the pressure more. It was illegal, but you could do it at a range, sort of get away with it because it was just like a thing where you put the back of or we trigger is to make your spring uh, put more pressure on your spring. Uh, but to buy you know, a rifle, you're talking for a decent one between four out uh, over a thousand pound easily Good from four hundred to over a thousand. Right? But you can buy a bullet gun like a Ruger 1022 for about two and a half three hundred quid. So it's cheaper to buy a bullet gun than it is to buy a rifle over here. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> is it harder to uh, get a like a permit or a license to actually go buy the firearm? Or uh, yeah, what you've got to do is you need to have land. So just say, for example, um, I know somebody who's got a farm. Uh, they would let me have permission to shoot on their land. And like you could shoot, like for example, rabbits, pigeons, stuff like that. Uh, mm. Like ver- basically vermin, you can shoot it. Uh, but you've got to have land. It's got to be a certain land. Like just say, for example, five acres. I'm not sure on the exact number, uh, but you need to have that. You need to get your doctors to sign you off saying that you're you're not mentally unstable. Right. Then you've got to get the police to come out. You've got to inspect where you 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 stored away, like in a gun cabinet. 
it's got to be bolted mm. against a wall, you know, just so nobody can get their hands on it. Your ammo's got to be kept separate and stuff like that. So there's a lot of fucking about, but you can get them, yeah. It's 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 more difficult to get a shotgun license than it is to get a bullet gun license. For a for a shotgun, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there are clubs where you can go clay pigeon shooting as well, but like I said, you need a license. Right. Yeah. It's that's that's interesting. So I had heard from someone who had been there back in like the seventies, going back yeah. now, that uh, if you were able to purchase a firearm, that they actually recommended that you buy a silencer too as a safety device for your hearing. <laughs> uh, I don't know, mate. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know that. My, my my daughter's granddad, um, he used to take me shooting because he was a gamekeeper at Froger Mill. He had bullet guns, shotguns, um, but he had permission. Like he, he was, a, like I said, he was a gamekeeper. Um, now, he wanted to put a silencer on one of his rifles, but he got rejected because it was, people said it was more like a sniper rifle than anything. Uh, well, that's... <laughs> See, that's that bullshit, as a, as they say. So here in the United as a as a former small arms and artillery repair for the US yeah. Army, I can I can definitively say that when the United States media and various other agencies are talking about assault weapons on the streets of the US, that's yeah. not remotely accurate. It's even a lie. While they may be similar in appearance, the big um delineating factor there is that there's a select fire switch right so your safety yeah, yeah. on an ar-15 goes from safe to semi-automatic only or off to on and then you squeeze the trigger one time and one bullet will come out right yeah, yeah. but an assault rifle by definition has select fire which means you can go from safe to semi and from semi to either burst or automatic where you just pull down the trigger in either three rounds or it'll just you know continue to fire until the magazine is empty and they they love to use these terror tactics by you know people with the media telling people that you know it's an assault rifle it's not it's a semi-automatic rifle uh just as much as that bolt action firearm that holds five rounds in an internal magazine or is a sniper rifle. That's it's not true. You know, a sniper rifle would be the rifle owned by a sniper, not you know, just it's a rifle the characteristics. With a, a, a silence on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the silencer isn't doesn't even make it a sniper rifle. So the silencer uh, Generally, all it does is uh, slow down the expansion of gases so there isn't as much of a report uh, when the weapon's discharged. Yeah. It's essentially like a muffler on a car. It just slows it down. But, but yeah, get me going on guns. I can talk all day. <laughs> I love guns, mate. Um... Yeah, when when we uh, when we came over to New York, I think it was in end of February 2020. It was, um, and I, I tried finding a, a range, you know, to go and have a go with a couple of guns, but we couldn't find anywhere. Plus, it was in the middle of New York anyway. So, yeah, 
New York City's awful when it comes to uh, we enjoyed infringement. It, oh, dude. But, uh, yeah, it was a bit like a zoo. A lot, a lot of, uh, well, saying that, like over here in a lot of cities, there's a lot of poverty. Uh, and it's it's not nice seeing, especially when there's, like, kids. And you know that their uh, life's a struggle for them. It's not nice, mate. No, yeah, it's that's bad news. And it's it's unfortunate because for the amount of money for low-income housing in New York City and probably anywhere, you know, in whatever area you go to, the worst area, whatever that might be, if you were to take the same amount of money and go to a more rural area, you'd probably get housing that's double or triple the quality and size. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, like $5,000 a month for, for rent, probably not that high there, but I don't know. Uh, maybe 10 years ago, I went up to New York and cigarettes were like $10 a pack. And now that's pretty much everywhere. So. Yeah, this, the cigarettes of, uh, oh, it's just extortionate, the prices of them now. But we, like, over it's quite funny. We get, we have like, um, foreign shops like Polsky Sklet, Polish shops and stuff like that. And they sell cigs there. They're like um, knockoff cigs. Whereas like to buy a pack of cigs over here, you're talking 10, 11 pounds for 20. But you go to like the Polish shops and the um, the the European shops, the continental shops like they're called. And you can get like a pack of cigs for a fiver, like for half the price. Wow. I wonder, the, does it taste different? Because yeah, the Marlboros yeah, in Iraq did not taste like the Marlboros in the States, I'll tell you. No, no, the difference, aren't they? Um, it's, it's very strange how, how like, uh, they can sell it for half the price, but you can tell the difference. The tobacco is not as good quality. Mm. But, I, I mean, I rarely smoke. Occasionally, I'll have, I'll have a cig, like, occasionally, but... I stopped Five yeah. years ago, so oh, nice one of the mate. hardest things I've ever done. I, you know, it only took me like I don't know, 25, 30 attempts to quit smoking. So, you know, yeah, it's uh, easy said than done, isn't it? It's um, especially with like I used to do it. Um, I used to actually enjoy smoking, like having just say I was at work, just having a bit of a break away from my desk. It's nice. Oh yeah. Um, when I when I stopped smoking, I I noticed. What's when I really noticed? And I'm sure it happened much before that. But when I had stopped smoking, maybe for six months or a year, when I'd smell somebody smoking a cigarette, my mouth would water all on its own. Like, really? Like yeah, like <laughs> I just smelled a, a bomb steak or you know. That's <laughs> bad Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. So your body, you know, it says, hey, give me that. Like, I want to, but uh, that's, eh, time has passed for that for me. So, but uh, going way back to the uh, the notion of uh, the brain yeah. being a receiver, uh, all these other writers uh, are able to, to come up with these really interesting concepts and bring it forth like, um, like H.G. Wells and the Time Machine, right? So you have the the Morlocks and the uh, oh geez, another 
Elam or something like that, or I don't know, the people who lived above ground and then the people who had went underground during the war and, and survived there and became essentially cannibals. And uh, so it, it, it might could be that, you know, there are beings under the earth who uh, eat human flesh or whatever else they happen to come up and hunt. Um, hey, hey, it's yeah. possible. Can't say for sure, certain. That's yeah, that's true. I mean, but... we, we like we like you mentioning that, like like uh, like cannibals. Um, early we mentioned like missing four one one. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Um, if this is like these cave, cave systems, like where these people uh, tend to be going missing, like mountain ranges where there's cave systems, maybe there are like cannibals there. On the prowl, waiting. You just don't know, do you? No. And uh, so, you know, when when adaptations of things come out for film, that yeah. that seems to be <laughs> a trend that recurs a lot. You know. Um, so, oh gosh, what was another one? There was a wrong turn. You know. Uh, well, that was it. Was more like a. Uh, inbred hillbilly cannibal movie. I like a lot of horror too, so we're in the, the same boat with that. But um, but like the hills have eyes. Yes, precisely. Yeah. So there's the hills have eyes, and you know these radioactive inbred hillbillies. That's fun. Um, yeah. Then there was uh, what was it? Descent, right? Where uh, these people go oh, yeah. uh, cave exploring, and they yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more of the same there. Um, yeah, and it's and, and it repeats. Um, and then there's you know yetis and, and snow sasquatch the same. And uh, if if they're just the snow version of lowland uh, bigfoots or sasquatch, and I don't see why they wouldn't be the same. It might even be uh, a little nastier because if you look at you know grizzly bears and brown bears, then you look at the polar bear. Polar bears are the Einsteins of the bear world. Oh, so polar bears are just they just eat meat, don't they? That's it, dude. All year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so, that, maybe that's what like like the yeti. Maybe that's that's what uh, it's like a really angry bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a lot of writers come like Stephen King. I like a lot of his writings. Um, he he did a movie, uh, wrote a book called Cell, which was pretty interesting. And then it Cell. got made, yeah, it got made into a movie, uh, was it 2019 or something, where uh, people were putting cell phones up to their ears and some frequency came through and essentially turned them into zombies. Um, oh gosh, oh, I can't remember. Not, right? I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I want to. Uh, I'll wait for Mrs. Goldberg later on, and I'm going to try and find it. Cell, C E L L. Yeah. Yeah, not the one with Jennifer Lopez where she goes into this uh, the dude's brain through electronics, but um, which was another fantastic movie and all in its own right. That was the Cell. This is just Cell, and uh, what's the guy's name? Paul. Was it Paul Rudd? Or the guy who looks like Paul Rudd. Uh, let me look it up real quick, real time, because uh, that's going to bother me. Oh, uh, oh, it's not coming up. Well, um, so yeah, Cell. Uh, uh, Stephen King also did Tommy Knockers, right? Which was oh, essentially Knockers, a UFO yeah. 
crashed and there was, uh, you know, aliens underneath that were doing things in the town, having people come around. Um, there's a lot of movies about UFO or just call them like spaceships, whether they're dimensional or interdimensional, what have you. But there's a lot of films with a common theme of these things crashing here a very, very long time ago and then coming out later or periodically to to hunt or harvest or whatever. And that could just be, you know, more more programming on how we should react to them, should we encounter them. But it, it happens often enough in movies that it should be considered. And like New York Patriot and Lux were saying, you know, like when it comes to these movies and the esoteric stuff, when what did he say? It was the Academy Award that somebody got for something. He said, it's almost as if they're getting an award for putting shit in people's faces well enough. And yet they still don't, you know, get it because it's all just fiction. But so much comes out. Yeah, I found that film, mate. Is it got John Cusack in it? That's who it was, John Cusack. Yep. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon Prime, so I will be watching that later on. I'll let you know what I think. Yeah, the book was really good. Um, very good. Do you know something? Like, like John Cusack, you don't really see him in many films now, do you? No, I, I don't see too much of anybody in any films. I haven't been watching no. TV or movies much anymore. Uh being a stay have you, dad, I, it's death have by you Coco ever, Melon and Blippy. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, American Horror Story? Yes, it's a fantastic show. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm just right. It's funny because New York Patriot posted some uh, a couple of days ago, and I think it was from season season eight or season nine. I think it was. Um, and just I've seen them all apart from season. 10 and 11 now uh, i didn't know we've just been looking on disney the other night and american or all the american horror stories are on the disney channel the disney mm. channel so I so we've been uh, I'm currently on season 10 um oh it's brilliant mate i love i just love the whole concepts of it like the how they write it and they link each season link it to the other seasons it's just really clever writing which is a, a something that's pretty cool, right? So yeah, oh gosh, who who was it? There was so Stephen King also going back to this dude again. He uh, he has what's called the Dark Tower series, right? And they the made Dark that Tower. yeah, Dark Tower. They made that into a movie, and in the movie you'll see Easter eggs referring to all of his other books. There's one. Uh, there's a scene that's got like some Pennywise stuff in it. Uh, all kinds of stuff. And the, basically with that book, this tower has different doors that lead into different dimensions. And so it kind of yeah. hints at uh, liminal spaces where um, people go into, you know, walk into a room or, or in the internet, they call it like the back rooms and stuff where they go through a door oh, and all yeah. of a sudden there's nothing there, there's nobody around. Um, Shit, uh, King even wrote a book called The Langoliers, but it was a short story. They uh, turned that into a movie back in the late 80s, early, early 90s. Um, and basically, uh, it was an airplane. It flies through the Aurora Borealis. And then from there, they're in a world where time has moved on from 
but the world still exists. There's still food at the airport. There's still gas, but everything's kind of off. It doesn't really, like the food doesn't have any flavor anymore. Um, the gasoline doesn't run very well. You know, it makes the engines operate differently. And so it's almost like, um, I, I suppose, like with the going along with simulation theory, theory where yeah. um, as you're as you're going along, the, it um, space is moving forward with with people and consciousness, and what's left behind has to go somewhere. And so these creatures called the Langoliers create just basically roll around and eat all matter. And uh, it's different. Like it, it hints that these liminal spaces and and inter interdimensional nature. It's pretty neat stuff. Which which I suspect might be something that the um, the UFO UAP report stuff may eventually get into if it ever really goes public. But that's just yeah. A hunch. I mean, what's your what's your take on on the old uh, UFO uh, UAP? I uh, I like it all, <laughs> honestly. Me too, mate. I love it. Have you so, have you actually seen anything? Um, so, or anything like that. I mean, the no. reason I ask you, mate, is I know a lot of uh, military people who've been in the military uh, end up seeing something. I I've seen lights in the sky, but nothing that moved as erratic as as some of the other descriptions where i couldn't explain it away to myself you know what i mean yeah like yeah. I, I try to be rational because i know like as as much as i believe that there's a lot of stuff out there i also think that it's easy to jump to conclusions when you you buy it you know what i mean so um like if i'm walking my family and uh, i happen to look up and see a bright flash in the bright blue sky out of nowhere um you know, and then it goes away, and then I see another flash like in a couple of minutes in the same general area. Like, I had to sit down and think about it. I was like, you know what? It could be an airplane adjusting elevation. So, if it, you know, were to pitch up, it could be a reflection off of the fuselage. Yeah. And then as it goes back, you know, the flash would go away. And I guess that makes sense, you know. So, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, everything I see is, you know, what it is so like I, I was uh maybe a year ago i was outside just admiring a beautiful night and the full moon i'm staring at the moon and then uh, i see a light kind of come off the side of it and it could be that i just wasn't paying attention to see it coming approach the moon but yeah. it just kind of kept on going and it could have been a high altitude plane or it could have been um a starlink i don't i don't know but i've never seen anything like uh doing zigzags or um, yeah, blinking yeah. from one place to another. How about you? I've not, mate, no. Um, don't get me wrong, Scott. I, I would love to, but I haven't. Uh, now, I'm not saying people are lying at all. I think, um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's one of them, isn't it? I think, I, I, I me personally, I'll believe something 100% when I see it with my own eyes. But I'm not saying people are lying. I think uh, I think there definitely are things out there, like you're saying, mm. different frequencies. I think that plays a huge part in it all, frequency. Sure. But I, I don't think they're uh, like 
spaceships from like a, a outer space or anything. I think it's all there's different layers, different dimensions. Mm. Well, I don't know. You know, that's just my opinion. Um, I think it's all fascinating. Regardless. I like the uh, transdimensional stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think um, it is. It's been that way, isn't it? I also buy, you know, uh, extraterrestrials, as it were, you know, from because the universe is is a pretty big place as far as I can oh, yeah, yeah. tell. You know what I mean? Uh, so there's the chance of us being the only intelligent life out here. Uh, I don't think it's very very high that we're we're alone. Yeah, if yeah. Uh, you know, there there are things right around us that we can't see. So. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, true that. It's. Uh, I think when when like some people fear what they don't understand, but with me, I, it's not that I fear it. I think if anything, it, I find it more fascinating because I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was that noise? Let's go investigate. That's why. That's why people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a I had a guest on recently, uh, David Emmons. He, he's wrote a book called uh, "They." I think, what do they really want, or something like that? It's called. Um, and mate, he's um, I've got to get him back on for part two. But he's he's had like fifty nine plus years of interactions with extraterrestrials. Uh, quote with these wow. these entities. Um, now, oh, that is just. It's just fascinating, mate, to hear him. Uh, I mean, I've got I've got his book, and it's um, it's fucking incredible. He's actually he's put it all into writing a book on his interactions in detail as well. It's rem- it's remarkable. What's what's his name? Check it out. Uh, D- Dave Evans. I'll tell you what, mate. I'll I'll, I'll send it. You know, um, he's just give me one minute. Cool. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm always interested in different perspectives on it. Um, I so you've heard of the the Barney and Betty Hill case, right? I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you know he's you know he he has this encounter with a being, and it's you know saying just look at me, don't look, any he, he's not capable of looking away. You know, and I I don't. I'm not very fond of the notion that our physical brain can be hijacked, as it were, and uh, you know where they your your will and decision making can be overrided. So I've had uh, three or four experiences with sleep paralysis, and that's not awesome. <laughs> so, like, I didn't see anything uh, the first time. It, it absolutely terrified me and my my left arm is kind of hanging off the bed and it it I now in hindsight look at it like my arm was there for probably a couple of hours and yeah. I had an intense pain and it felt like something was trying to pull me off the bed from it but and yet my arm wasn't moving and uh, I was trying to yell but all I could just hearing this mum murmur kind of like a, a moan and when I realized that was me trying to scream, that really fucked me up. 
because I, you know, I realized that, like, that that's me. And then a couple minutes go by, and and I, I snapped out of it, and I was very shaken up. But by the third time, the fourth time, the last one, whatever it was, I, I woke up and I, I immediately knew what was going on. And I said, okay, well, I guess I just got to wait it out again. And uh, since then, I haven't had one. That was 12 or 13 years ago. But Well, mate, uh, I have, um, it's, been, it's been a while, but I have had something similar happen to me, like... Uh, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what it was, but I think the shadow people, I think. Because, um, I mean, they, they said, oh, it could be this, it could be that. But who really knows? We so can only I, assume it. Yeah. Uh, I went to a optometrist when I was at the VA because I was due for an eye exam and whatnot. And I actually asked that the dude or the, the doctor about uh, why I'm always seeing like shadows out of the corner of my eye. And he gave me an explanation essentially about how uh, in your eye proteins can form and they get pretty thick, kind of like a jelly within the fluid of your eye. And so when light comes through it uh, from different angles, it will cast a shadow on you know, a, 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 the side of your eye, essentially, on the inside. Right. So you perceive that as a shadow. And that's why when you look, you're changing where the light's coming in from, and it's not there. So uh, in the past year and a half or so, I've been doing a lot of homework on the human eyeball and, and how that relates. And I learned a lot of interesting things. Like the human eyeball actually stems from your brain itself. It's the same matter and materials when you're forming in the womb as the rest of your brain and these right. little pieces of brain leave your brain and come out forward and then they change in the eyeballs um, when they tried to grow a human brain in a petri dish uh, five or six years ago they keep growing with eyeballs attached to them and it's just part of the process it's always in three yeah, That's but it's, it's interesting though. So it inside is. your eye, you've got rods and cones, right? And so the the cones are red, green, and blue, and they're always in the the center on the back of your eye, across from your cornea. And what's and the the cones are what determine contrast, right? Light and dark, and they're around the outskirts and the side. And so when light's coming through. Uh, and it hits the center, that's where all your, your clearest focus is and the most color is. And on the outside, you can detect movement and contrast mostly. But what's interesting is what I've read is that the cones, which detect the color, uh, can take up to, it was like 100 to 1,000 or more photons to activate, right? just for it to yeah. realize that it's getting light. But the rods, which just sense contrast, light and dark, can be activated by a single photon, which means they're a whole lot more sensitive to the changes. Yes. So if they're on the side, that means that's where that stuff's coming from. So you could very, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities for your eye to be picking up something that is maybe not sending as much light as the rest of the things around you, but it's still sending enough to trigger your rods to operate. So 
I think that the shadow people and shadows in the corner of your eye aren't necessarily always just proteins and shadows being cast from inside your eye. I think sometimes you're picking up on things that are around you that you generally can't see if you stare at it. Anyway, I love that and I agree with you. Interesting stuff. Now, what do you do with yeah. that information? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Hopefully sleep yeah. a little better at night. <laughs> you know. Why you being watched? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully yeah. by your loved ones, right? Loved yeah, ones yeah, yeah. And things like that. <laughs> and yes, not, not, yeah. not your pervy uncle who was a loved one, just, you know. Oh. <laughs> regular loved ones. Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, mate, uh, just checking the time now. Uh, are we okay to wrap it up now? Just, I've just got a yeah. couple of things to do. But, uh, we can, mate, we can pick it up next week for part two if you want. Not a problem. There's a couple of things that I want to go into. Um, we can pick it up next time, especially with certain authors. Yeah, I'm down. I think that's um, a very interesting conversation. Just a couple of what you mentioned earlier, uh, but I we can sort some out next next week and a uh, bit more time that way. Sounds good to me, General. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Well, uh, before you go, Scott, do you want to let everybody know where they can get hold of you, please, mate? Yes, sir. So you can find me on Twitter at uh, Curiosus Animus. Again, on Instagram under the same name, Curiosus Animus. And uh, I have a YouTube up, but right now all you'll see mostly is uh, me shooting guns. I haven't started my own podcast yet, but that's in the works. So uh, stay tuned to the other nice apps. One, you'll find me. Thanks, nice man. <laughs> well, Scott, thanks again, mate. And I will I'll speak to you next week, pal. But I'm just gonna stop recording now. Yes, sir. Stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep